Scripture today is from Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10. Thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all nations and all places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So. I've been taking a, taking a couple weeks here to talk about the changes in our world. What's going on in our world? And today, next week, I'm going to talk about the church specifically. What does a lot of this stuff mean for the church in the future? But today, I want to just take some time to debrief COVID to talk about what just happened in this pandemic. Because it's been a little crazy. Um, and uh, I had an interesting experience this week that, uh, I don't know. I guess for like two and a half years, I, like a lot of people, have just been tired. Anybody felt that through this whole thing? Like just tired, anxious, sometimes grumpy, sometimes melancholy. Um, and uh, and, and I, I got a vision of what I think this has been like this week because Thursday I got a migraine headache. I get them occasionally, um, but this one was bad. It really knocked me on my tuchus. And kind of all day I was in this sort of fog, you know. And I was kind of grumpy, and I was like really kind of short. I did not have an edit button. I had to really watch what I said. And uh, I was just kind of a raw nerve throughout the week. In fact, I was throughout that day. In fact, the end of the next day, I was still kind of nauseous. But I think, haven't we all felt this a little bit, right? This like grumpiness. I'm tired all the time. What are we, what are we gonna, hey, what are we gonna be anxious about next week, world? What's going on here? It's, it's been like this continual feeling like we're in a fog, reeling a little bit. I've had so much between COVID and masks, social distance and quarantine. I mean, all these words we never used to use before and now is like something we talk about all the time. We worried about where we were going to get our toilet paper. In the middle of all this, there were uh, contested elections, race issues, riots in the street, riots in the Capitol. Many people have faced financial hardship, lost jobs, some businesses have closed and they're never coming back, including Two Rivers Coffee Shop, like my favorite place in the world. It was a COVID casualty, right? Many institutions have closed or or are on life support. Many people stopped going to church and it's just apparent right now they're probably not coming back. I see this as a really pressing issue. I see it as an important pastoral issue because I think a lot of us are still anxious about it. And really, we haven't talked about it. We haven't really dealt with it very much. We just kind of like, when, I keep hearing this, for two and a half years, I've been hearing, when is stuff going to come back to normal? Yeah. Two and a half years, I got news for you, it's probably not, right? Two and a half years, it's probably not. And so... We got to sort of deal with that. And I think pastorally as a church, we got to we got to deal with that. And there's been a lot of changes. There were a lot of changes before the pandemic. Felt like the pandemic just accelerated a bunch of changes that were already coming. In fact, maybe the acceleration is as bad as anything else. I don't think this pandemic has been very good for us psychologically. I don't think it was good for our mental health. 
to wear masks, social distance, to isolate ourselves. For some people, that was maybe worse than the disease itself. A lot of us felt like life was pretty in control, and we could, and, but that, that feeling of out of control, of not knowing, right? That was part of it. Not the disease itself, too. Like you didn't know quite how you got it, and you didn't know how to quite stop getting it. And you could get it and end up in the hospital. You could get it and die. You also could get it and it was a cold. Or you might have already had it and been asymptomatic. You just didn't know. For some of us, the anxiety of not knowing was as bad as anything. It was, it was interesting when, when we went to, uh, to West Coast, my family and I, uh, a couple months ago. We had to fly there. So through all the airports, all the airplanes, we had to wear our masks everywhere. And, and, you know, we're at this point kind of not wearing masks a lot in a lot of places. But for, for that whole day, we traveled. And then in Seattle, you know, Seattle was sort of ground zero for COVID. And like everybody out there got it. They, they got it really bad. And then the, the mask mandate lifted two days after we got there. So it was really interesting to like, we haven't worn masks in a while. And then we wore masks all day in the plane around all these strangers. And then we're in this town. We didn't see anybody's faces. And then we woke up the next morning and everybody took their masks off. And I was terrified. Like, like I don't know, just it, it was like this PTSD, right? That all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, like that was scary. And we, we just went through all that. And it was like everything just came flooding back. I mean, we, we were all afraid and scared. And, and, the, and then we weren't allowed to go to a lot of places that we could find security, right? We didn't go to church. Couldn't go to the coffee shop with our friends. Couldn't go see family. We were basically under house arrest, living in our little sheltered cocoons, watching Tiger King on Netflix. And I think, I think if you didn't watch Tiger King, it was crazy. I'm not recommending it at all. But I think Tiger King got so popular because everybody was like, hey, as crazy as it is, at least no one's getting mauled by tigers, right? Like, it made us feel a little bit better about our world. But I think we're going to have some serious S, uh, a PTSD about this. I think... That in a lot of us shut down in body, mind, and spirit. And everybody here knows somebody who's had a lot of trouble coming back from that. Who still doesn't like to go out. Who still doesn't want to be a part. It's like people shut down for that season. They're seeing it in nursing homes a lot where all of a sudden people didn't get out of their rooms. People didn't get visitors. And then I've seen a lot of patients who had Alzheimer's where it's a lot worse now than it was two years ago. And it accelerated because of the isolation. I'm sure of it. And what is this going to do to our, our children, right? We have a generation of germaphobes. That's what we have created at this point. Hey, when I was a kid, I, I didn't wash my hands. <laughs> I didn't like taking a bath. I must, have, I must have eaten an entire bag of dirt accumulated throughout my childhood, right? I, I think I'm okay. My kid's like, where is the hand sanitizer? I need the hand sanitizer. Okay? I would have been eating the hand sanitizer. That's the kind of kid I was. Okay, if you want an interesting thing about this, uh, uh, Jan Sumner gave me permission to say this, is she takes photographs of infants and then a lot of one and two-year-olds. And she had trouble in COVID because these one and two-year-olds, COVID babies, would come to get photographs at her, at her photography studio. And she had a ton of trouble getting them to relax and smile because they would cry because they'd never been out of the house. They'd only been to the doctor or their grandparents or home, and they'd never been around strangers because they'd never been to the store before. So they would go to her studio, and it was hard to take their picture because they wouldn't smile. They were too nervous. That's, a, that's our kids. That's our kids. And we, we're going to have to, 
We're going to have to talk about that. We're going to have to pay attention to that. Because the pandemic didn't just harm us psychologically. I think it did a lot of relational damage. We got, we got afraid of each other. We got afraid of one another. We got suspicious of one another. I remember about two weeks, it was probably, probably three or four weeks into COVID. I went to the grocery store, not with my family. We kept them at home, but we got to eat. So we went to the grocery store and I coughed. Did you do this at all during COVID? I was, I just, I had allergies and I was like, <coughs> and, and four people in the aisle, they're like 20 feet away from me, looked at me like I was trying to kill them. Like the, the amount of suspicion that we looked at each other with during COVID. And then, and then the stigma that we had when somebody got COVID. Do you remember that? We at least started to get over it. But when somebody got COVID, it was like, oh, they're dirty. Oh, what did they do? Now, eventually we figured out, no, probably we're going to get COVID, right? Some of the safest people that I knew got COVID the worst. Okay? And I knew people that didn't care about masks or anything, never got it. I don't understand. It, we, we figured out, but for a while there, there was a real stigma to whether you got it or whether you didn't. But the, the judging of each other, right? The judging of each other, the fear of one another. I mean, no wonder a bunch of these racial issues, a bunch of these political issues accelerated during the pandemic. We were in a world that was suspicious and judging of one another. That may be the saddest part of this whole thing for me. Here we have humanity finally having a common enemy that we could all rally around. Like, okay, guys, let's just rally. All you've got to do is stay home and watch Netflix and we can rally together as a, as a humanity, as a species. And instead of fighting COVID, we rallied around fighting each other. This happened in the church, too. I remember seeing two different Facebook posts within 24 hours of each other. One was somebody posting that you are not a good Christian if you don't wear a mask because you're not loving your neighbor. A real Christian response is to wear your mask so that you are loving your neighbor. And then within 24 hours, I saw somebody also adamantly post that you are not a good Christian if you wear a mask because you're not trusting God with your safety. Okay? Now, I really want to believe that a lot of Christians were doing the work of discerning how to love their God and love their neighbor in the midst of the pandemic. But here's what I worry I worry that what a lot of people actually did was they took their political views and dressed them up in religious language and then treated them as a holy opinion. And that may be the scariest thing I saw during the pandemic. We managed as a church to be creative and sort of sidestep some of those disagreements, right? I mean, by doing stuff in the cars, people could then sort of control some of their own safety. We didn't have to mandate exactly what you had to do. But we still had some disagreements. And I want to just give so much credit to the leadership of this church as we worked through this, that we found a lot of creative ways to help people feel comfortable at the various levels that they were at. But I remember even when we went to come back into the sanctuary, I had had people tell me, we're not coming back if you make people wear masks because I'm not wearing a mask. And I had other people say, we're not coming in if you don't make people wear masks. Like if people have to wear masks, I'm not coming in. And it was perfect. I could decide who I wanted to come back and who I didn't, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everybody. But that was, that was the opposite ends, right? And then when, when vaccines came out, it's the same discussion. And, uh, and so it was hard. It's hard to find unity. The pandemic was hard for a lot of churches and a lot of institutions and organizations. What does it mean to be a church that can't meet in the sanctuary? 
What does it mean to be a restaurant where no one can come in and sit down and eat? What does it mean to be a hospital when you're trying to balance all of these things? What does it mean to be a school that's suddenly homeschooling? Right? And, and, and we can look at churches, we can look at organizations, we can look at government agencies, we look at all these, and some of them did it well and some of them didn't. And some of them are going to be paying for that for a long time. And perhaps the most challenging part was that nobody knew what we should do. Right? And the, and the, the professionals didn't always know what they And the professionals would change their mind. How many of you remember when, oh, you got to wipe down everything because COVID stays on every surface. For years, you have to disinfect with this special expensive spray. Well, you know what they found was not really true. Oh, we're going we're gonna to wear masks. Well, you know what we found? The cloth masks that a lot of us were using, they didn't really help very much. They really had to be the, 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 the technical ones, right? I mean, um, I, I even heard when the vaccine came down, I heard people on the TV saying about how we were going to stop COVID. Have we stopped COVID, everybody? No. Now, listen, I'm not trying to knock all of those. I'm not trying to knock all those. I think we did a good job as a humanity generally doing some of these things. I think it slowed it down. I think it saved a lot of room at the hospitals when the hospitals were bound on overload. Okay, I'm not trying to knock any of those efforts. But what I'm saying is we didn't know what we were doing. We were figuring it out as we went along and, uh, and found out later that some of that stuff wasn't true. And so you know what's going to happen? I think we all have a question of how do we trust authorities now? Okay, how do we trust authorities? Especially when some of those authorities seem to have their own political agenda as to what they were suggesting people do. That's going to be one of the lingering questions of COVID. How do we know who to listen to? There's going to be other effects of COVID too. I still feel uneasy in crowds. Dress code has dramatically changed. It's like, it's like a whole bunch of people wore their pajamas for nine months and are now like, I'm not going back. <laughs> and uh, and I, as a father, I've been to Walmart several times at 2, 2 a.m., you know, and you see some crazy stuff in t- Walmart at 2 a.m. Now you see that at 2 p.m., right? People are wearing that same 2 a.m. outfit at 2 p.m. to Walmart. Like dress code's very different. Workplaces are different. Uh, sick days are a much bigger deal now, right? I remember being sick and you're like, I better, I'm just going to go to work and fight my way through it. No, not anymore. You know what's really sad? I think this will mark the end of snow days. Do you remember how fun snow days were? Like, I don't have to go to school. I just get to sled today. That'd be awesome. Well, now the kids can just do it at home. So now they've got to do school at home. I, 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 I mourn the loss of snow days. Those are my favorite school days. Working from home is going to be the new norm. Okay, a lot more people are going to work from home. There are a lot of companies that didn't want people to work from home, didn't think you could trust people to work from home, had older managers that didn't know how to manage people working from home, and now that's all changing. Um, there's a, there's a, I talked to a guy around here who's a VP of finance for a, for a pretty big company in this, in this region who told me, yeah, they're saving so much money without having the office open, without having the parking garage open, they're probably not going back. My friend who works for Zillow, Zillow's this big company out in Seattle, they had this amazing office. I'd been there. They had like yoga studio. They had like happy hour, three in the afternoon. They had like all this massage parlor. You could take breaks at work. They shut it down and they're not going back because they found they could hire better people from around the country that didn't want to move to Seattle. And then a lot of the employees love it because instead of going to work, they get to be home. And then what they do is they come together for meetings wherever they want to. 
So you all fly to Vegas for three days, you all fly to Chicago for three days, you all go to New York next month for three days, and uh, it's actually cheaper for the company. I mean, I, I think the way we work is going to hugely change because of the pandemic. In the church, we feel some of these changes, right? Will we ever feel comfortable passing the plate again? Okay, I think COVID may be the nail in the coffin of communion by intention. Okay, I've always thought it was kind of gross because so many people put their fingers in the juice, right? But now I, I just, it's going to be hard for people to come back to that. I worry about some of the repercussions of COVID that we don't yet understand. Like that we so willingly gave up our freedoms. That the government said to the church that they could not gather and the church said, yes, we won't gather. Now, I'm proud of this church. We actually made the decision to close before we were told we had to close. And we always treated it as a session that we made that decision when we stopped and we were going to make that decision when we started. And I think it was a good thing that we stopped, that we found other ways to worship, that we've saved lives in doing that. But I wonder if we're going to pay for the way the government told churches how to be in the future. I think the same thing about, uh, about privacy and medical issues. You know, my, in the hospital, for me to know anything that's happening to my wife, she has to sign papers that say, it's called, it's called a HIPAA law, you sign it about every time you go to the doctor, HIPAA privacy laws, okay? Except when it came to a COVID, and then it feels like everybody could ask you what your vaccine status was. In fact, people wanted you to like wear name tags with your name vaccine status on it. Okay? Now, I understand it's a pandemic. It's an extreme situation. But I wonder if that forced, you know, forced giving private information, I wonder if we might pay for that sometime. Or sometime we may be forced to do that when we don't agree with it. And now we've set a bad precedent. At this point, we, we don't even know what some of the repercussions will be. In some ways, I think we're not even out of this. Okay, one of the things my, my teacher, Len Sweet, said when I was out in Orcas, he said, we are post-COVID, but we're not post-pandemic yet. Like, really, we're, we're not really focused that much on COVID anymore, although I know several of my close friends that have it right now. But we're, we're not as worried about COVID the same way we were. But, but I think we are still in a pandemic mentality. And I think when stuff happened in Ukraine, we got right back there. Like, we jumped right back into it. And I think when the next thing comes along, we're going to jump right back into it. We've got a lot of work to do to heal from what's happened during COVID. We need to debrief, to talk about it, and especially what this means for the church. And what I want to say to you today is really the same message that God gives to Jeremiah for the people in exile. That God has plans and purposes for welfare, for future, for a hope. I was surprised by COVID. I was really surprised how long it took. Okay. I'm really surprised how long it, the impact's going to be of it. But you know what? God was not surprised by COVID. God still has plans for you, for me, for this church. And I think there's actually some blessings in all of this. That God's going to use this for some beneficial things. We all learned, we all said for years, the church isn't the building, it's the people. Yeah, but we never had to test that theory, okay? Until suddenly we can't use a building and then we got to decide what does it actually mean to be a church? I think that's a nice shakeup that's going to be good for us. The other thing, the other phrase I'm allergic to is the phrase you hear a lot in church. We've always done it that way, right? Yeah, not in 2020. 
not in 2021. Okay, suddenly we couldn't do it the way we always did it, and now we can be open to new ways of doing it. Why did, what, the question is not, did we always do it that way? The question is, why did we do it that way? Does it still work for today? And then we can discern how we move forward. And, and one of the things that Len also said when I was out on Orcas Island is, and I found this really profound, that in some ways our masks unmasked us. That in some ways we were all wearing masks before we had to wear masks. We were wearing masks that we pretended like everything was okay, like we felt really secure, like, like we had control of our world. Part of the scariness of COVID isn't that people wore masks, it's that people drop their old masks. There's this awesome opportunity right now for people to actually be themselves. It's a chance. Stop just going to church because you should or because you always have. There's some people that decided that wasn't good enough and they're not coming back. The opportunity now is for the church to really be the church, to take our masks off and get to work trying to heal our world. There's a huge need and a huge opportunity here because so many people need healing. Healing psychologically, healing spiritually, healing relationally. I think that the church needs to find its way to a ministry of healing, but that it probably is going to start with us healing ourselves, which means, everybody, we need some rest. We need some Sabbath. We need to get out of this pandemic mentality. The only way to do that is to rest and to find some healing and to talk about some of these things. We need a break from our panic and fear. We need to, to learn again to not live. Like eventually, if you live on adrenaline enough, that's just the new normal. We got we to gotta, we gotta pull it back. Rest. Vacation. Take a day off. Come back to normal. We need to draw close to one another again. Where our, where our relationships have been wounded. Because this healing doesn't happen by yourself. That's the, that's the falsehood out there. Oh, you just need self-care. You just need to take care of yourself. No, healing always happens in groups. Always happens in community. So you need to take care of yourself, sure. But you also need to heal with other people. This is not the first pandemic. It's not going to be the last. In fact, the, as globalized and connected as our world is, it's, it's not going to be the last one a lot of us see. But I am not fearful. I am hopeful that God will use the church to heal the world, that he has plans and purposes for us on the other side of all this. But the part of what we need to do is to think some of those things through, pray some of those things through, find healing for ourselves and healing for others. So let the healing begin. Amen.